Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and my guest today is a dear longtime friend that is over visiting this weekend, and it's Spate Bird. And we go way back with an awful lot of things, and I'm just delighted to have him with us today. Welcome, Spate. Well, thank you, Shelley. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on this esteemed show. <laughs> Thanks for the shout-out early on. I'm not sure all the listeners agree, but we're going to have a good time. Spate, do me a favor. Tell the listeners, as I do with all my guests, what, uh, where you were raised and and uh, what part of the country, and how you came to be in the Athens area. Well, it's a long story, <laughs> so okay. to speak. Uh, born in Rock Hill, South Carolina, uh, September 20, 1939, and uh, grew up there in the city schools and graduated from Rock Hill High. And I was a member of the class of 57, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's about it. My uh, mother and father were uh, very instrumental in my getting to the point that I am now and, and uh, went on to uh, Clemson to uh, get a degree in textile management. In the meantime, I'd stumbled into the Navy for a commitment and uh, was able to go to OCS and get a commission. And I am a gentleman and an officer, according to the President of the United States, <laughs> which I consider a real honor. <laughs> so, yeah. After the Navy, though, what happened? Cool. Well, after. Uh, we got out, uh, Mary Liv, I had married Mary Liv, of course, and uh, we uh, moved to Burlington, North Carolina, and I took a job with, at the time, Kaiseroth Hosiery Company, which at that particular time was the world's largest hosiery company. Stayed there for 13 years and went through uh, three takeovers, opportunities, or weren't opportunities, but uh, survived until Haynes Hosiery sent some, or Kaiseroff got some people from Haynes Hosiery come over and start running the show, and uh, we just didn't G and haw together too well, so I started looking for another job, and found one in uh, Sweetwater, not Sweetwater, Nyota. Tennessee, uh, Crescent Hosiery Mills, and uh, I worked there for Bill Byrne and uh, with Jack Ewing for a number of years, and after uh, I retired from there in 2003, we moved to Kings Mountain to get uh, between our children, our daughter Kathy is in Raleigh, and uh, Sun Spade is in Lawrenceville, Georgia, so Kings Mountain is halfway between the two on 85, and we put a lot of rubber down on <laughs> 85. But now, with your career <clears throat> choice, what were you doing specifically at Crescent when you came to this area? 
Well, I, I was uh, making the transition from uh, pantyhose and stockings, which was the area I was in in Kaiser Roth as a production manager and uh, oversaw production through three or four plants and uh, came out to Crescent. Uh, there, uh, Jack Ewing was in charge of the knitting side of the operation and I was sort of a, in charge of the finishing part. In other words, he knit them and closed the toes on them and I took them and got them washed and dyed and or whatever and then packaged them into the warehouse. Well, and Tell me this, now they have built themselves, and of course I know the family, build themselves as, is it the world's softest sock? Well, that is one or of what? the things that was developed while I was with them. I didn't have a whole lot to do with that because I was not skilled in the operation of knitting machines at all. So uh, Crescent is uh, owned by the Byrne family. And uh, it was founded in 1902 by uh, their great-grandfather, I guess. And, and uh, he passed it on to Bill Burns' father. And then uh, Bill had passed it on to Kathy Allen and Sandra Boyd. And they are continuing to operate it. It's one of the few surviving hosiery operations still in this country. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I got up, oh gosh, three years ago with Sandra. Just fascinating. I mean, I'm not a tech guy, but found it totally fascinating how they actually do all this process. And to be, as you say, I mean, to stay in the same family for well over 100 years is unheard of now. <laughs> it really is. I, I thought I found it fascinating. Now, after you retired, and even before, we're going to share some stuff about your music background. Uh, and I can tell our listeners that Spate and I worked on some music in the past, had a great uh, time doing a veterans CD honoring Vietnam veterans because Spate's service and mine you know, it was during that era, but share with us a little bit of that, if you will, when you and I kind of came together with some of that music. Well, my mother was a music graduate from Winthrop College in Rock Hill. She, her instrument was the cello. She also was uh, very gifted in piano, played organ some. Her father, my grandfather, ran a music store in Rock Hill called Proctor Music. And they sold band instruments and sheet music, choral music, uh, pianos, the whole nine yards, and had a record department back in the back end, so to speak, of the place. And I started working there at age 12, <laughs> sweeping. So I had, uh, being, being from a musical background, my grandfather could play everything that 
tried his best to get me to play something. Mother finally succeeded in getting me to play piano for four <laughs> years. And uh, I, I just didn't have it in me. Mother said one time, said, I don't know, son, how in the world you could play the piano with so many tears in your eyes. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I, I started noodling around while working at the store and selling and so on and so forth with the guitar. Sort of decided I'd uh, try to learn to play the thing pretty good, and I wanted to do this really bad. So after many years of hard work, practice, and determination, I have now become a really bad guitar player. So <laughs> along the way, uh, I learned how to play harmonica also and uh, try to put the two together, as you remember, at the situation we were in. And uh, I tried uh, recording in... Uh, wasn't too good at it, and this was back in the pre-digital days. It was all analog. I did it on tapes and then converted to CDs. So that's that's about it. Uh, musically, I am frustrated, and probably the, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was stop playing the piano. But it did teach me a lot about music, which is it's. What, I guess my main hobby is listening to music and playing with stereo equipment and well, and vinyl. Spate won't brag on himself, but he's always had a great, what I call, radio voice. Has actually hosted, I remember when he hosted on one of our PBS radio shows and uh, in, in Chattanooga, I believe it was. Yeah, it was. Did a great job. WTC. Yep. And he, he undersells himself on his musical ability because very talented, but but uh, I, like Spate, feel technically challenged so much with all this digital stuff. And thank goodness I have, have an editor for this program, but we have enjoyed being able to do music and, and for our own enjoyment and certainly uh, friends, but for ourselves. Like yeah. you say, it gives you, I think, Spate, a sense of relaxation and peace when we pull out the guitar or we pull out a harmonica and just play for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, as we look forward and, and then through your retirement and when you moved, take us through a little bit now, uh, family, how long have, have you and Mary Lee been married and the kids are located where right now? Okay, we uh, we were married in 1965, and if, if memory serves, we're coming up on our 58th anniversary. Hmm. Uh, we have two children, Mary Catherine, or Kathy as I call her, and uh, Spate, three. Kathy is married to a very fine young man, and uh, uh, they have our two grandsons, Spade and his wife, have our two granddaughters. And the two oldest are graduating from high school this year, and uh, two youngest are right behind them. We, uh, we left Burlington, as I said earlier, to come out to Tennessee and 
we decided we wanted to get between them. It was seven hours to Raleigh, three to Atlanta, so we got to Kings Mountain and stayed there for 10 years. We were fortunate enough to have a house on a lake and uh, mm. enjoyed water very much and uh, having it in the house was large enough to allow us to have the whole family there, which we did on holidays and just long weekends because uh, we are we are very close, very close. There, uh, after retirement, I, I stayed in Kings Mountain, and then uh, after when it came time for us to downsize the final time, so to speak, mm-hmm. we moved to Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and uh, moved into a uh, senior living facility, which uh, also had the assisted memory portion of it and we stayed in this one for two years and found out it wasn't exactly a good fit so we moved to another one and we've been there since September this year and making a whole new start friend-wise and interest so to speak. And that's, that kind of brings up some things as we become senior citizens and and we move we move near to family a lot of times and uh, or not but i think what what interests can you tell our listeners and you and i've talked about this to keep senior citizens and by that folks you know 65 and older whatever interested in what's going on around them things that stimulate the mind help us to stay as active as we can. I think this is important because you and I have talked about this, and I think a lot of our listeners possibly, if I believe the podcast data, are very, very young, and yet finding many uh, seniors are talking to me about our programs, medically and otherwise. What do you see as something that keeps you or me interested day by day so we continue to do well, be productive? Well, uh, obviously, uh, computers and TV, I guess, media uh, certainly plays a very important part in my life and Mary lives now. And uh, we do a fair amount of research and studying different things. Of course, mine is sort of digging into music a little bit and looking up, downloading music. I have a fairly good stereo system in the apartment and uh, spend a lot of time listening to uh, records and collect some vinyl and uh, Mm. my range of likes and music runs everywhere from light classical to bluegrass and blues and jazz and acoustic music but uh, this this takes up a, a good bit of time just looking around the computer, seeing what's going on and trying to stay away from as much public media as I can. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree the, with that, yeah. The, uh, the facility we're in has a real good uh, life enrichment program and they too have the 
memory and assisted stuff as needed. It, it, it is a very nice place. It's light, bright, and airy. The place we were at was not so much, it's kind of a dark atmosphere, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, from the building standpoint. But uh, got some really, really intelligent and knowledgeable people there. A lot of professors from uh, NC State, Duke, and the University of North Carolina. Uh, there and they have forums and men's clubs and men's activities. Uh, recently a bunch of them went over to see the Durham Bulls play baseball. Oh. But it's it's uh, just seeking out things you, you want to keep your interest in and trying to keep the mind active. I have become addicted somewhat to free sell, which is a solitaire game. <laughs> get so frustrated at time because I can't beat it that <laughs> I give up and go to something else and I've done a right fair amount of reading uh, different subjects that interest me and uh, history, history of the Army, Navy, Marines, wars we've been in and that sort of thing. I clearly agree, Spate, that if we can stay active with reading uh, whether you're doing puzzles, games, or anything else. I think that makes a difference for all of us. And I think we we were chatting a little bit yesterday about, and this may seem funny to some of our listeners, or not funny, just peculiar, how so many young people don't always want to take our advice, business-wise, family-wise, and stuff. Does that bother you some days? Yes, it does. I, I don't think they really understand what the future holds. Uh, you and I have been fortunate enough to withstand a lot and been through a lot. Uh, I think until you live a lot of the situations you become confronted with, you learn. Mm -hmm. And you can't learn if you're sitting on here. Derriere in front of a computer sometimes. You've got to get off and get out and see the world. Look at the roses, smell them. Yeah. I think this thing, the other thing that has concerned me, and, and I think it's important that you and I bring it up because we worked hard to get to a career, married a long time, raising children, a lot of efforts, that we certainly enjoyed doing. But what has concerned me some, speak to this, uh, I run into somebody all the time that talks about the fact that young people don't seem to want to have, uh, I guess, stick to itiveness. They may get hired for a job, and within four weeks, six weeks, they've moved on to something else. And like you say, back in front of a computer or, or a phone, media, all this kind of stuff, uh, share with our folks, you know, what your feelings are about that. Are we seeing some potential problems in this, uh, the next second, you know, removed generation because of this? Well, I, I think so. But as they grow, hopefully they will 
learn and, and experience things that will motivate them and move them in the right direction. I think in, uh, in our generation, we were brought up to work and make a living, raise a family, go to church. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we just, I don't, I don't know, I can't put it in words, but it, the, I, I, I <laughs> kind of beating around the bush here, but uh, it's hard to put in words for me. I don't uh, try to enforce my views on people, but uh, I offer a hint or two here and there and see what happens. Sometimes something does, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> I like but, to say, Spade, that I've, the older I get, the more unfiltered I get. I'm, I'm not someone who's going to be rude to people, but I just finally decided that it was okay to kind of say how we feel about certain issues and, and how we can maybe uh, help the younger folks, you know, kind of move along with that. Now, on, on a lighter note about the music, uh, you said you enjoy a lot of different genres. Do you have a couple of favorite types of music that if you could order or play or listen to now, well, what are your favorites? Well, it uh, goes back to... Uh early years, of course, family, we had a lot of big band music, uh, the 40s, 50s, a lot of Sinatra. Uh, one of my group, favorite groups was the Four Freshmen. Oh, absolutely. I have a large yeah. collection of their work, and uh, as my children grew up, I started learning a little bit more about the, their music have have become uh, fond of, of finding songs that I have heard in their music that I just didn't I didn't accept like my parents didn't mm-hmm. accept the music we went through and loved. Mm-hmm. So the same thing is happening, and it get, gets into new type music, and I just don't have an ear for it, but. That's me. Bluegrass acoustic music. I have an extensive collection of that and, and uh, a lot of jazz. Anywhere from Count Basie to Brubeck to uh, other smaller groups. And then uh, get into some organ music. And I have heard some really wonderful organs in my life. Mm and was able to watch as a 14-year-old the installation of a large Aeolian Skinner organ in the Winthrop Auditorium mm-hmm. and was up with the guys putting it together. And from that, I developed this interest and was able to see Virgil Fox, one of the masters of mm-hmm. the organ, and he dedicated it. And I recently went to the Duke Chapel and got a tour and heard three of their four organs. Mm-hmm. And it, it's awesome. It just takes you away. I agree. I don't know why, but I feel the same way. And 
enjoying what I grew up with. Like you say, the big band era. I still recall listening to all of those on an old RCA turntable and love that. And then the organ music, oh my goodness, something, I don't know, soul lifting or something, if that's the right way to look at it, about somebody who can put an organ through its paces. Oh my goodness. Uh, and and they do it. And, and like you've probably been to Sewanee and listen to the yes, people doing that. That's yeah. just a magnificent setup. And you, you leave just wow. You know. We did the lessons and carols down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just magnificent. Fantastic stuff. And for any of you listeners who aren't familiar, Sewanee and uh, kind of east Tennessee heading toward middle Tennessee, just a wonderful scenario and lessons and carols as many of you all have had in in your you know church history but i don't know if you'll ever see any better or listen to anything any better than at, at uh university of the south that's a one but uh absolutely now if you had <laughs> we asked this because spate and i in our later years we talk about it sometimes what would be two or three items on your bucket list right now that that if you could do you would do well uh, that's uh, something to ponder (laughs) (laughs) i know i know but i'm putting you on the spot well you know i've been able through my life to really enjoy a lot of things do a lot of things uh enjoyed water sports, uh, Navy travel, uh, been a lot of places. As far as a bucket list, uh, I guess it's just keep on keeping on. <laughs> uh, something comes up that intrigues me, I'll attempt it, but uh, every living I pretty much stay uh, in the apartment, and uh, we go out for the necessities and go to to a real wonderful Episcopal church in Raleigh, St. Michael's, and they have a great music program. But uh, you know, Shelley, it's it's uh, it's hard. To, you know, there are a few things you might want to go see and do, but. Uh, I, I really don't have that yearning to get out and go other than to see friends, my family. Well, that's, and that's the way I've felt too, Spade. People ask me, well, what's on your bucket list? And you know me, I've had the good fortune to be involved in a lot of things. And when uh, Jack Allen came and talked about this and I said, that's not really on my radar. And then when he said, yeah, but let's think about it. And so I've had a great time, and especially being able to visit with dear friends and conduct interviews, which I love. But you're right. I think the flexibility is one word that keeps coming back to me in retirement and uh, in our age group that we do. We're, we're pretty flexible. We, today is different. Next day is different. We're grateful, uh, I think, that, that we're able to do things, and, and we've both been able to do a lot of things in our lives. But I'm like you, and I wasn't trying to put you on the spot, but it's always funny because 
people will say something to me, what's on your bucket list? What's on your bucket list? And I don't have one. I think today I get to, to be with my dear friends, Pete, and do a podcast, and tomorrow I can do something else. And, and this is something I've said. You may have said it yourself. Get up in the morning and thank the good Lord that we made it through the evening. I'm not being morbid, folks. And then help me do something productive that day. Yeah. It can be minor. It can be major. And that's what I encourage so many people to do, and that's advice I give those who may not have a lot that they do. But you're absolutely right. It's just kind of fun to say, yeah, this is something that we can spontaneously do. I think that's always interesting. Yeah, I, and think, that, I think maybe uh, I've, I've uh, punched many, many holes in my bucket and uh, <laughs> through different activities. I mean, I, as a youngster, I was interested in cars and got into basketball and track with my physical <laughs> statue and uh, ability to run reasonably well and jump. As as we settled into our married life, uh, we had some wonderful neighbors and one of them taught me how to drive a T-model, <laughs> three pedals and gas and spark on the steering yeah. wheel. <laughs> From that, he also got me into woodworking, and uh, we had a small business of buying and selling. We'd buy uh, beat-up antiques and mm. things that needed Thanks. repair and restore them and sell them to yeah. dealers in some cases, and uh, I fiddled with this all through my years. and. Uh, Burlington and then to Tennessee and had a number of uh, places in uh, antique malls where I was selling records and just different things that we picked up and fixed. Or, uh, I mean, looking back, uh, I've had a wonderful shot at it mm -hmm. and uh, think of just proud to be here <laughs> exactly and to be from here yeah. yes always we tease our our northern neighbors when they come in with these these various accents and they tease us but to be from here you're not from around here everybody says a lot of times spade if you had advice in general if if you feel like it to give to the young folks as they move through life, and we're, we're touching on this, what would you say maybe right now, two or three important things that you would tell someone if they just came in and sat down and said, now, Mr. Bird, I, I want some advice about how to kind of do things in life that will make me feel good as I get through some of my years. Do you have two or three things you might say to these young people? Well, the first thing, and as you said, you get up in the morning and thank the good Lord for let us get through the night. At the same time, you need to keep a smile on your face and don't let things get you down to where you can't hardly do it anymore. You just have to put them aside and pick them up later. Uh, 
and, and stay involved. Stay involved in something. Mm-hmm. You've got to have something to look forward to, and that's uh, that's it. Uh, one thing I try to do is when I'm out and about now, I, I've noticed not many people walking down the street have a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I started just walking down the street, supermarket, wherever I am, and just smile at people. Oh, I go and speak or smile at them. Be surprised how many people just <laughs> don't even oh. recognize you or see, see that you exist. But that, that's great. And getting the smile back because yeah. we, you know, initiated that a lot of times. Absolutely. That's a great thing. And staying involved. Absolutely. Pick what suits you and stay involved. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'd love to have you back a second time. If if uh, my producer and I can figure out remote control or I'll just get in the car and come visit you guys, which really? we'd always love to do. But I'd love I, to come back to God's country here. Oh, East Tennessee. Absolutely. Yeah. We love having you all back. Yeah, 28 anytime. wonderful years here. Mm. And, and we just hated it when you all moved, but I understand. And we're just always delighted to see you back and get get just a lot of good visit time. And then I'll tell you all that that we're recording this on uh, Kentucky Derby Day, and Spate and I get to go play with some friends tonight, a little bit of music, which we thoroughly enjoy, and, and uh, it's just a lot of fun and, and being involved with those dear friends that we've had for so many years. And I encourage people like Spate, be involved, make friends, keep a smile on your face, and you'd be surprised how that makes you feel at the end of a day. So greatly appreciate Spate with me today and look forward to another episode, uh, hopefully in the near future, and do that and then picking and grinning tonight. Yes. So thanks so much for being with me. Well, thank you. Thank you. Folks, as I say to you all, all the time, I hope you have a safe and healthy day, and I'll see you a little further up the road. <laughs> <laughs>